Curating a life of joy that is authentic, bold, and purposeful takes courage and confidence. The Joy Curator is a business brand, podcast, and lifestyle, and I'm your host, Kimberly Joy Evans, entertaining enthusiast, girl mama, and business consultant for heart-centered women, specializing in PR, content creation, marketing strategies, business systems, time management, and making it fun. Join me for happy hour as I bring you conversations with entrepreneurs, tastemakers, and extraordinary world changers who have gotten to where they are through their authenticity, truth-telling, and commitment to showing up. I'm here to show you how to expand your confidence, your life, and business as I navigate day-to-day life alongside with you, even when it's hard. No matter who you are, where you are from, or what you do for a living, my hope is that you will feel challenged to look within yourself, feel inspired, change your fears for courage, and know that you have a choice on how you show up. So let's curate some joy. Today on the Joy Curator Podcast, we are finishing our series of the joy of stepping into a new season by chatting with Chelsea Stedner, managing partner at Par Auto Body. She's passionate about her team, the collision repair industry, and her community. And like most of us, Chelsea wears a lot of hats. She is a wife to Mark, a mom to Kate and Allison, and her Labradors, Bella and Hazel. She's an avid reader, baking guru, and loves the wilderness. We are chatting all about what it is like for a woman in a male-dominated industry, how to stay true to ourselves, and how to really make the time to take care for ourselves, even when it feels like life is moving at such a fast pace. Um, Chelsea, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for inviting me. This is so fun yeah, having cheers. you in my studio. You're going to Puerto Vallarta. I'm just back from Vegas. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> You're taking me there a little bit early, eight days early. Right? Yes. So good. Um, I, I mean, you and I have known each other for a while now, yeah. so there's all the ins and outs of things that we could be talking. It's a good thing we weren't recording previous to our catch-up conversation here, although that might have been very interesting intel for our listeners. For sure. Um, So you are a unique little bird. I love (laughs) that um, you are in... As the one of the owner partners of Par Auto Body, you are in a very male-dominated industry, and we've talked about this many times before. And I just love that you bring your femininity, you bring your creativity, you bring your gumption oh, <laughs> into you. this um, into this business. And so that's what I want to talk about today: just how you got started in. I know it's it's been a little while that you've been, been there. While. I started when I was six. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. That's right. That's why you're not a day over 34. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, And this is always, people ask me this and I'm always, I got into this business by accident, no pun intended. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not a super funny person, but that's funny, right? It is funny because I've always loved that about your slogan. It's like, (laughs) it is because I think some people like don't find it funny to talk about it, but I'm like, accidents happen. So you kind of got to make a joke about it or else you would only ever be angry yes yes because you know what the reality (laughs) is it's it's a grudge purchase going into a body shop nobody wants to come into a body shop no so everybody's always grudgy and i think that um and we'll circle back to me starting but part of part of our goal and part of that femininity piece Mm -hmm. the intangible soft skills is that we can create as women a softer experience for people yeah we really focus on um, the cars are the medium 
But the focus is how do we take care of the human mm -hmm. being in the process? Well, so. and you have such a great team and you're like front end and your girl always like bakes and has like fun treats <laughs> in the so store. Fun. Yeah, you guys just like make it feel different. Yes. Like you don't normally walk into, at least not in my experience, into an auto body shop and expect cinnamon bun or <laughs> yes. brownies yes. or, you know, Absolutely. smiles even <laughs> for that matter. Right now we have some arts and crafts Easter bunnies on our door. We made on everybody's handprints. Oh, I totally seen it on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, hey, everybody, let's do this. So we want to have fun. Too yes. Because I think that that comes across in how we produce our own work. Mm -hmm. So if we're connected with each other and having a good time, um, our connection comes through. Definitely. You're not all grudging and resentful and then trying to like put a smile on your face to the customer. We all know how well that works. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, circling back to Sterling. Yes. Um, my dad was a mechanic by trade. Mm -hmm. My parents both grew up like super poor farm families. Um, they're in their mid-70s now and doing really well. But, uh, you know, just, just really worked very hard mm. all their lives yeah and nobody had ever gone to university in either of their families and so it just wasn't something that was in my head mm. um and that's I would say that's one of my hang-ups now that I've worked hard to let go of you is I, have we not talked about this because mm. I feel the exact same yes. way yes I I it's something that I've had to really work hard at saying I can stand in a room of business professionals but the experience and the on-the-job training, I get to be here too. Yeah. And what I have learned through my years is that, yeah, I'm showing up and I'm working hard. Yes. And the experience of that on-the-job, every day, digging deep is different than four years of a business degree. I'm not saying it's better or worse or what 100%. Have you, but, yeah. but it's a lot of work to Feel okay about that, yes. especially as you start to get to know people um, outside of your industry, yeah. become more involved in your community and that kind of thing. So. I totally agree. I feel like it's only really been in the last couple of years that I've like, I don't know, maybe it was like turning 40 where I was yes. like, yeah. hmm, you know, like I just started having these thoughts. And I think too, probably as like our kids get closer to the age of potentially going or not going, whatever they decide to do to university. Yeah. It's like sort of like flashes back all of the choices that you've made. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, so that's all part of it, that whole imposter syndrome. But I would say that 40 age is probably somewhere where it's like, okay, if I went back to school now, what would that gain me? Yes. In my current role, nothing at all. Zero. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Um, more headaches, yes, probably. Yes, more <laughs> headaches. And going back to school and sitting in the classroom all day, oh my goodness. I'll tell you what sounds awful mm -hmm. to me, that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes absolutely. So um, after high school, I worked in retail for a long time. I loved retail. I loved taking care of people. Um, but I don't think I connected those dots then. Mm. Um, but I took a business diploma at a local business college and I was looking for a work placement and walked into a collision repair shop. It was a heavy duty truck Come shop. on! And that's how I started. So I was looking for a work placement and the fellow I walked in and talked to basically said to me, my receptionist just quit. I don't want a work placement. I'm just going to hire you. And I was so friggin' green. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> Like, I was young and knew nothing. I remember the first month I had to call up accounting. At, no, the, it was a dealership and a collision repair truck shop. 
but I had no idea how to reconcile um, any accounts payable. And like in this stage, mine as well, when I first started, there's no Googling your way through it because there's, there's no, no Google. No there's Googling. just... It's the ability to fire. say, I don't know how to do this and yeah. I need some help. So I still remember <gasps> that lovely, sweet woman oh. who walked me through doing those things. And uh, yeah, I just started by getting wow. in there and getting my hands So dirty. you've really been able to touch like a lot of the different, D- did your family growing up, like did you feel like you had like knowledge of mechanics and things because of the work that your yeah. dad did or was just sort of in the background and like maybe you were absorbing some stuff? Is yeah, that... I think so. My parents, I want to say like they, they were brave as like just my... So my mom worked for Sastel back in the day when you had to phone the operator and there was a party line and the whole nine yards. My dad took his apprenticeship um, mechanics and became a journey person mechanic. Um, They bought a farm when I was a baby and they farmed and worked. Wow. Um, and decided that farming wasn't for them. <laughs> and then when my brother and I were five and seven, my dad quit his job as a service manager of Wood Chevrolet in North Battleford. My mom quit her job at Sastel and they moved us all the way up to LaRange where my dad taught a motor vehicle um, mechanics course through the Northern College to Indigenous people. Wow. So like, that's a big move. It was a crazy move. Um, so we lived our childhood in LaGrange. So vehicles weren't always part of it. And I remember going to the shop with my dad when I was a little kid and playing in his classroom or out on the shop floor on Saturdays and (laughs) stuff like that. So it was always just kind of peripheral. We always played the car game. We drove car lots on Sundays, (laughs) you know, like, so so I had a little bit of knowledge. Um, but then my parents made two other big, brave moves through their lives as well. And... They weren't afraid to go get what they really wanted. Mm. And so even though they weren't necessarily entrepreneurs, yeah. um, they worked really hard and instilled that in my brother and I. Isn't it interesting looking back on that now? Like things that obviously as kids, you're not really connecting those dots. Yes. Obviously it's just happening, exactly. whatever's going on. Exactly. But then looking back and being like, knowing how brave and how much courage it takes to do the things now as adults. Yes, absolutely. So, wow. So then you're, you're a fresh, freshman receptionist. I was, I was very fresh. Fresh receptionist. Yeah. And then what, where did things lead from there? Yeah. So, um, Tom Bissonnette, who has been my boss and my mentor all the way through, um, so basically him and I worked together for a couple of years at this shop. Then him and I both left that place at the same time. He got called back to a different shop that he'd managed prior. And I had the opportunity to go work for the government for way more money. And so young person, yeah. um, I think I was just like newly married. We bought our first house. And I think that I my, my wage went from like $13 an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> To $15 an hour working for the government. And so I took the opportunity because money talks, right? Yes. At Mm -hmm. that age. So I worked in government for two years and very quickly learned (laughs) that those weren't my people. Right. Mm -hmm. One of of these things just doesn't belong here. (laughs) So it's funny now looking back on it because when I left... 
these were some of the things I felt that, oh man, I'm working with a bunch of middle-aged women who are struggling with their <laughs> lives and their teenagers and their husbands. And then if you left the crowd of people at the coffee table, they talked about you. Oh. And if somebody else, it just, it felt ugly. Yes. Now here I am a middle-aged woman. <laughs> Managing our teenagers. Managing teenagers. <laughs> the rest of the stuff's pretty good. Though. Oh, I love <laughs> so, it. Um, so I got back in the collision industry, and Tom and his wife, lovely wife Barb, bought Power Out of Body in 2000 and asked me to come back on board as their office So manager. that's what took you out of your government job was like that proposal? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. I did actually work at another shop in between okay. for a year. Yeah. And that year, I shouldn't, I shouldn't not talk about that because that year was huge learning for mm. me as well. I worked at a shop where I learned every day that I didn't ever want to work in a business like that again. Okay. I very clearly learned yeah. what values meant. Mm. And so then when Tom and Barb did buy par, um, we met up together yeah. again and worked really hard to set the values of par right from the beginning. And I Isn't feel it? blessed to be a part of yeah. that. Yes. Well, and I, like knowing you and knowing the business that you're a part of, like knowing some of these values, isn't it interesting how sometimes the reverse has like the effect that you need, right? <laughs> like you can't know or appreciate how much that matters. Cause I think sometimes, especially as like business owners where you're like creating your business plan and creating your vision and creating all this stuff, you're like, oh, okay, like, you know, like sometimes it feels a little bit like, do we really need to have this like narrow down all to this stuff? But then when you are in an environment where mm-hmm. that clearly has not been a part of the pillars of the business, <laughs> yeah. you suddenly realize why. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's the reminders. And then today and every day, it's how do we impact our staff every day so they mm-hmm. understand the why behind the values, yes. right? Because again, I would say lots of the young people coming into our workforces don't necessarily know the importance of that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's often the piece too where I find like having not had the experience of going through university, but that's often where I find <laughs> just some like missing pieces, right? Of like there's times where... Um, <coughs> You good? Need to top up your tea? No. <laughs> um, there's times where I feel like those pieces are just sometimes things that can't be just hot. Like, unless you're, like, mm-hmm. living them, yes. I don't know how to really, like, just saying them out loud kind of does sound like, okay, fine, great, I'm glad those are your values. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know? How do you walk the walk? How do you yes. make those actionable things that we mm-hmm. do every day, right? Like, I think that's a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom was always, it's so funny, because Tom is, he's, like, kind of larger than life. He's a visionary. Mm-hmm. But he's always that guy that's always like, women should be barefoot and pregnant at home <laughs> unless they're here working their butts off, yeah. right? So he he uh, is the kind of guy that would give you a shirt off your back or mm-hmm. his shirt off your back. Yeah. Did I say that wrong again? His shirt. Um, the shirt off his back? <laughs> yeah. Yes, something He'll like that. give you his shirt. Yeah. He will do whatever. Yes. If somebody mm-hmm. needs something, he's there. Tom was always the guy that was like, oh, Here's a course. Why don't you go take that? Mm. What paint company is putting on a class? Hey, Chelsea, do you want to go take that? Hey, guess what, Chelsea? I'm supposed to speak at our breakfast club next week or tomorrow, actually. <laughs> and about an hour. <laughs> I told them you're going to do it. 
And I can still remember that night. He told me that at the end of the day. It's 7.47 Breakfast Club tomorrow, and it's Par's turn to speak, and you're going to go do it. And you're in fetal position. <laughs> I've been home, and you can probably still ask Mark, my husband, about that to this day. Chelsea had a temper tantrum, and oh. she was furious and upset and terrified as she went and did it. And now, as terrified as I get at public speaking, I think I'm kind of good you at nail it. it. <laughs> I do. So, that's thanks to somebody who made me get uncomfortable. Yes. Right? And helped me gain confidence along the mm-hmm. way. Um, so really, it's it, this industry is really cool. It's made up of really cool people. I'm not in it because I love cars. Yeah. Cars are great. They're awesome. Yeah. But it's our ability to make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And whether really it's our team around us, our customers or other vendors, um, there's really, really great people yes. in, our, in our industry. Well, and so I love I love that you talked about the opportunities because I think that's so important. I think that shows the signs of such a great leader when there's like just opportunities presented and things that come up where it's not just yes. like, oh, I'll go do that rather than you know, yes. inspiring and encouraging others who can take that on. I think that's often half the battle as a business owner is to like learn when and where to delegate, right? Isn't that like the constant thing? 100%. Yeah. So always looking, and again, I'm totally stealing these lines from somebody else, but <laughs> how do we hire people people that are smarter than us yes. and can do the job better than mm-hmm. us? And that's a hard thing as a leader and as a business owner mm-hmm. to start releasing some of those things to others yeah. and giving them the trust to make good decisions. And then that all ties back to values. Yeah. So as you're hiring people, do they match into your values, right? Do they have those Mm -hmm. same values? And um, can you teach them and trust them to make decisions within your values of your Mm -hmm. business? And if you can, then let them run with it. And they will make mistakes. That's reality. I make mistakes every darn day. Let's 100%. Yeah. Um, But... But how they how they take it from there. Yes, and how they le- lean into the values to even fix the mistakes, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Wow. So what were the next... So then you're like growing and learning all the things <laughs> and it's taken steps along the way. So how then did you become eventually the partner that you are today in the business. Yeah, absolutely. So our industry, like many industries, there's lots of consolidation starting to happen. Saskatchewan's a little bit of an anomaly across Canada because we're um, publicly insured. Mm. And there's only a few provinces in Canada that are publicly insured. So in privately insured marketplaces, consolidation has been happening a heck of a lot longer. So franchise... Uh, I'm sure you've heard of car stars and Boyds and fixed autos now in town. So those type of bigger businesses were coming in and buying all sorts of shops. Okay. Um, And so that's been happening across Canada. It's just starting a little bit more in Saskatchewan. But Tom was approached by a consolidator. And like I mentioned, Tom's a visionary. He's a builder. So once he's got something built, he's like, all right, what's next? Yes. (laughs) Um... And he, he didn't want to sell out to a consolidator who hadn't put in the heart and soul to the business. Mm. Like he knew some of his, his team had. And so he just sat down and said, okay, what does this look like? And we started building a succession plan. 
Wow. So yeah, so we did an initial cash buy-in and and so I bought um, 10% and then my business partners each bought 5%. And from there, um, we did some training with um, somebody by the name of Jack Stack uh, and one of his books is The Great Game of Business. Okay. But what he taught was financial transparency. And so Tom and Barbara and myself did some training um, right down in Springfield, Missouri, which is where... Um, this great game of business kind of started. Interesting. Yeah, so we did some of that training, uh, really started to understand profit and loss and what that all means as a team, how right. we can win together, how we can lose yes. together. And so that's where that kind of all started. And then we did a further share buyout about, I don't know, three or four years, three mm -hmm. years later maybe. Um, and so now we own the majority of the company and we're actually just right now buying out the last 10% from Tom and Barb. Wow. So, yeah, it's a, it's a been a little bit of a process. Really, they've been very hands-off for, I would say, about mm, almost 10 years now. Um, and it's been, it's, it's a challenge every day because it's a challenge to have business partners. Yes. Um, but it's also, there's been lots of ups with with the challenges lots of good things lots of challenges how do you find how do you find because I've been in multiple different business situations in my career too mm -hmm. some with business partners some without mm -hmm. um, how do you find that you all especially with the values and the things that you were talking about how do you find that you sort of bring some of those things to the table especially with it like male female you know like all just different personalities, oh, different all backgrounds, <laughs> all of the things to like come together. Just kind of like, I mean, often, like I remember previously, like our business partner used to like refer to each other as our work wives, right? You know, like you have your, you have your work relationship yes. that can often feel very relationship mess because mm. you probably spend more time yes. <laughs> there than you do with your partner some days, but yeah, how do you how do you figure that out and have those honest conversations that we're all trying so hard to have without it turning on its ugly side? Sometimes? Oh, it's it's so hard. I don't have an easy answer for you for that at all. Um, I can tell you what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we did the big takeover with Tom. We really just, Tom's like, no, just keep doing what you're doing. It's all good. Right. We did not have clear roles mm. or job descriptions. And that can I, get very tricky, it can't it? It can be tricky. And, and it can be tricky with people you know and you like and you have yeah. worked with a long time. Yeah. So that would be a piece of advice I would give to anybody going into a partnership. Um, of course, your shareholders agreement is huge. Yeah, that's the legal side of things. But what does it really look like? What are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? And then get out of each other's way and let them do yes. those things. So we didn't really have that figured out. Um, I would say one of our pluses in COVID is our relationship as partners grew. Mm. So I think today we are all at a better state together, working together, trusting one another. Um, and it's not just male, female, it's personality. Yeah. Um, I, uh, my three business partners are all journey person, collision repair technicians. I have zero technical knowledge. I trust when yes. they say, hey, Chelsea, we need this $40,000 tool. I trust that they've done the research, that they know what they need yeah. to get the job done right. 
but in turn, I hope that they trust me in knowing how to manage HR or financial or um, community and right. other pieces, mm-hmm. right? So um, being clear on that at the beginning would have saved a lot of heartache I, and worry. <laughs> worry. Well, yeah, and probably like assumptions. Right. What story do you tell in our Yes. That honestly, you just nailed. That is honestly the thing that I feel like I talk the most with my clients about too in my business. So as you're creating these like systems in your business, whether it be just starting out or all of a sudden into partnerships or whatever, whatever growth or whatever stage, it really doesn't matter. You can be a person of one and still need systems. You can be a person of 1,000 and still need systems, right? Or a business of 1,000. You know, it just it feels like that's often the piece where business can feel so busy sometimes that we don't take that time from the beginning to kind of create or document or, you know, (laughs) just really kind of nail that down because we're like, well, business is coming in. It's good. Like what, what could go wrong? What could we possibly need until (laughs) something does happen and you're like, okay. And then you have to like press reverse rather than having it in place in the first place. I love that you shared that. It's, it, that is a huge, huge thing. And you know what? We still battle that every day. Yeah. Because we're in a business where technology changes rapidly. It's like evolving it's always. always evolving. Um, we are dealing with human beings, yeah. right? And <laughs> we're also human... always evolving and not always, um, what's the word? What's the gentle word for not always showing up this consistently the same exactly. way at time? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're dealing with an insurance company that has a couple of different arms, one arm on the adjusting side is there to take care of the customer and pay. The other arm on the other side is the appraisal, audit, and image side that's there to save every penny. Right. So it's almost like those two arms are working against each yes. other, and we're the middleman going, hey, we need to do a safe vehicle repair and take care of the customer. Yes. And then and then throw that customer in, and then throw that car in. Right? A lot like, of layers. There's so many layers, and so the clearer we can get on... Um, and this is something we preach and talk about in practice, is how do we get more information at the beginning mm. to create a better experience for that customer all the way through? Yes. Um, and, and again, we do make mistakes on that, but we have some great systems in place. Um, about two and a half years ago, we hired uh, a lady who has an engineering degree. She doesn't work as an engineer, but man, she's process driven and she asks so many questions that we don't even think of. Um, so that's helped us refine yes. processes, but it's also helping us recognize where we do need more process. Um, in saying that, that's a hard thing in small business because we've all grown up in this business. Um, when we were 10 employees, well, I shouldn't say all of us, yes. but I was there when we were 10 employees uh-huh. or less, and we were applying for that NSBA Small Business Award. Well, now we sponsor yes, that NSBA totally. Small Business <laughs> But it's hard to get that in our heads when we've taught, been taught from mm-hmm. our whole career in, in the industry with Tom, like, let's just take care of the customer. And now my team is like, Chelsea, don't get so rammy. We have to do it like this back off let's follow the process Mm -hmm. so my business partners and I are almost sometimes too quick to just like get rammy and jump in and take care of the customer right when we have to slow down and realize there's a reason to have process process keeps us accountable 
it makes sure that car is repaired properly mm -hmm. and makes sure we've documented everything for that insurance company. Um, but it also helps us grow. Yes. And that's a hard thing to see when you're in the moment and you just want to take care of something. Yes. Hundred percent. Well, and when you're used to doing things a certain way from before, because the business has evolved, <laughs> exactly. right? Like I think that's often where those systems get sometimes tricky because the system has to evolve with the business. What you exactly. did in year one is obviously not the same system that's going to work today. Yes, yes. you have to realize mm -hmm. that that um, whatever it is, it's your checklist, it's your form, it's your quality control, whatever it yeah. is, it is always a draft. Mm. it is never that's it that's all it's always going to be a draft because there's always going to be an improvement or a gap or a something that's that continuous improvement piece yes. that we need to focus on yes oh wow it's what I find super interesting is I find that um like I know nothing about the automotive industry either <laughs> not no one's asking me questions about the automotive industry um but the fact that business is business, you know, yes. like the fact that there are so many common threads that it sometimes doesn't matter necessarily what the business is. Mm -hmm. If you are, a, I mean, service-based, I guess, sometimes to like a product type basis, yes. like has its own like differentiating factors. But if you're a service-based business, there is a lot of common threads that yes, maybe once you get down to the nitty gritties, there's like certain things that it just wouldn't happen maybe in this industry versus this industry, but there's so much so much to glean from this that I don't think it really matters what business is being talked about. It's just that's kind of the protocol of what sets it apart. And I think sometimes, especially in, especially when someone's starting their own business, I mean, every business starts as a really small business, right? Absolutely. Somebody has to start this business and it generally is really small for a little bit. But that's where I think that growth piece is sometimes, like that's the question I get asked the most is just sort of like, how do you get, how do you, get to that growth piece like how do you know when it's time to like that feeling of delegating something or hiring someone to do certain services or tasks or whatever on the team and I think once you are in a business where you have a huge team and like all the things are being taken care of it just starts flowing and you realize that but I think you're right like if you aren't making those like calculated decisions along the way you could get to having a big team and still things being very chaotic if it wasn't done with a system. Yes, and that absolutely still happens yeah. for us um, because there's so many, when you think of our industry in general, and probably, again, lots of industries, um, an accident is a reaction. Yes. It's not planned. Right? Correct. And so as we work really hard in our industry to regulate, to um, be a production or manufacturing mm -hmm. type industry. So you're doing the same things every time. So you have really good touch time that you're touching the cars, getting them back out on the road quickly. Um, the reality is, is every single job's a custom job. Yeah. No accidents are the same. No. So every time we touch a car, we're doing something new. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's similar elements, but the damage is always different. The yes. circumstances of the accident are always different. There's just so, so many variables. And so um, there's learning every time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I could talk to you all day about this. <laughs> business, business to business. Yes. But to wrap up this conversation, mm. I always have some fun rapid fire <laughs> questions that get to know you okay. a little bit better. Okay. You ready? Yes. What is one new thing you've tried lately? 
oh, this is so funny, but I just had lunch with, um, a lunch meeting with a business group that I've had lunch with for a long time, and I kind of was like, talk, we're talking about this. Anyways, yeah. my, my fun new thing is Sunday morning, I did, I made scrambled eggs a totally new way. And that is a unique answer. I, right? It's and what, totally is, what is this new unique cold start? Cold start your eggs in the pan. Before it's hot. With the cube of butter in the pan ahead of time. It will create the creamiest, most lovely scrambled eggs. Trying it. Maybe on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. That's a great one. I think sometimes people think that trying something new needs to be like this huge thing and then they just don't do anything. Oh, yeah. I love the starting of just, like, something that we've already done, but let's, like, reinvent it in a new way. That's I'm right. all for it. Okay. Um, what is one thing, and you can say this to yourself personally or within your industry as well, um, whichever you prefer. What is one thing people sometimes misunderstand, either about you, yourself, or just within the industry, which I'm sure we could talk all day about what's misunderstood there, um, that you wish they knew? Uh, you know what? I'm an, I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I am an expressive introvert. So you're more energized alone. I need my downtime. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's interesting. As I can imagine that you must have a lot of energy drained out of you with just being in the business that you're in then. With like Absolutely. the amount of comings and goings and the size of your team. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yes. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I love that we're learning more about that too. I definitely, as I've gotten older, need way more time by myself. I wouldn't yes. call myself, I feel like there's times where I would call myself like a split. Like I do feel like I can be energized in social situations, yes. but I also love being by myself. And I used to think that that was the scariest thing on earth to be by myself. Isn't that funny? Like I, I've known for a long time that I'm an introvert, but I love just the research I've done, I've been spending some time with Jolene Watson, mm -hmm. who's fascinating and works really hard on personality profiling right. and, and in the workplace and how it affects us, right? How to better work with people yeah. when you know those parts of them. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. So I'll know where to find you if you're nowhere to be found. Just curled <laughs> up in your bed by yourself. Well, for mm -hmm. fun and games, you can go on my Instagram and you can see uh, Chronicles in a Bumper Box. <laughs> <laughs> there might be one or two uh, little videos of me hiding out in a bumper right. box, having some alone time with my bag of chips. Yep. Yes. Hey, zero, judge <laughs> zero judgment. Um, okay, what food and or drink are you hooked on right now? Oh my goodness. Okay, this is a loaded question. I am in, I'm, I'm looking for the world's best chocolate chip cookie <gasps> to bake them. And I think I'm close. I'm, I don't love chocolate chip cookies. They're not my favorite, but my husband adores them. Mm -hmm. And so that my stress the, release is baking. So I always Mine have, too! Yes, like there's got to be eight pounds of butter in my freezer. Yes! <laughs> that is like the first thing I do. Something frustrates me and I'm like, what, what can I make? What can I bake? Because there's consistency to it. Exactly. It's all about exactly. you have to think. Yeah. So are you going to be sharing this recipe once we hit the lottery of all chocolate chip cookie yeah, maybe, recipes? Maybe. Huh. So do you just keep like trying the same recipe and changing something or do you keep trying different recipes? No. Now I'm onto one recipe okay. and I'm just tweaking it. Fine tuning. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I love it. Well, I look forward to being inviting over for the, invited over for the best cookie the ever. Cookies. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> 
I know the answer to this, but I'm going to say, where are you hoping to travel to next? <laughs> you gave a little indicator at the beginning of the show. We did. Mm-hmm. You know what? Here. <laughs> absolutely. So this year, we've had some family friends pass away um, and be diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And somebody young in our industry recently passed mm-hmm. away from a heart attack. And, you know, life is short. We know this. And how many times do we say that but actually don't do anything about it? Um, my daughter just turned 14 last week. My mom turned 75 on Saturday. And my older daughter turns 16 next week. And see, I'm taking them on a last-minute trip to Mexico. Love it! And it's still nowhere close to being summer here where we live. So off you go. Off I go. (laughs) And I sure hope when we get back there'll be less snow on the ground. Feels like you are going at the right time, (laughs) that there is a chance that that could happen. But we live in Saskatchewan, so we can't ever know. That is good. Minus 31 this morning. I don't like it one little bit. I know, especially after being in Vegas. It wasn't particularly warm in Vegas, but it was like plus 15 every day. So, That's lovely. you know, like it was perfectly fine. It wasn't like you were laying by the pool or anything at that temperature. All of us Canadians probably would do that. Yes. Um, I had too many things on the go to lay by the pool, but it still wasn't like warm. But just being able to wear like a jean jacket and whatever yes. felt lovely to just like have the sun on you and it really warm you Honestly. rather than what the last six months have held for us. Absolutely. Okay, last but not least, what is, and this doesn't, again, does not have to be grandiose. It can be super small. Um, What is one thing that is bringing you joy right now? I have two things. Yeah, you can do two things. Okay, I have two things. (laughs) My beautiful Bella, who's my 10 and a half year old black lab, who comes to work I was going to say, also your work pal. Yeah. (laughs) And our new, baby hazel who's a little fox red lab who is a crazy little orangutan um but they bring me joy every day honest to goodness um my husband walks the dogs in the morning and so he gets back from his walk at around 5 30 a.m oh wow okay like super early Mm -hmm. and i get woke up every morning by this little fox red lab jumping on my head Mm -hmm. until i get out of bed and cuddle with and so those dogs are the best. Brings you joy. Unconditional love. And it makes everybody happy that comes into your store, yes. into your shop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> everybody loves to see Bella, and it's good mental wellness um, for our whole team and mm-hmm. customers. And little Miss Hazel runs to greet me every day when I get home. I'm like my teenagers. <laughs> I was going to say, show me some love. Yes, somebody loves me. So, oh. yeah, joy are those little things every day, right? It is. And when my kids let me hug them, that's really joyful for me. Yes, we try to not hold on too tight for fear that they will never <laughs> let us hug them ever again. Pretty yeah, much. Uh-huh. yeah. hear you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Chelsea. This has been such a lovely conversation. I appreciate you sharing all of the things and the ins and the outs and just mm-hmm. the honesty about being in business for this amount of time and just the good, the bad, the ugly and the things that I think all of us think. And sometimes are afraid to share because you want to seem like you have things figured out. But the longer I've been in business, the more liberating it feels <laughs> to feel like you can just have these conversations and show up anyways. And that's okay. Yes, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you asking me. And I think the more of us that do show up and have honest conversation, the more we, real we can be and the more we can support each other mm-hmm. in whatever industry we're in. I totally agree. 
It would mean the world to me if you would take time to quickly subscribe, rate, and review the Joy Curator podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on whatever platform you choose. Reviews are selected to be read on the show, and when you submit a review, you're automatically entered to win a prize just for writing a review. If you enjoy an episode and want to continue the conversation, I would love to see a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag the Joy Curator podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of our Joy Curator community.